Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Doris Hobbs. She is a PR media specialist, a diabetes advocate, and a model. How are you doing today, Doris? Fantastic. How about yourself, Brad? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate appreciate you having me here. So let's let's dive right in. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Doris, you have quite a few years of experience under your belt in the world of integrated marketing and many other different areas such as fashion, beauty, business, entrepreneurship, diabetes awareness, and the wine industry. How did you get your start in the marketing world? Um, it goes back to childhood. There's actually, I have a photo of it, of me, um, in a little red wagon with my grandfather pulling me, picking up cans. <laughs> That's where it all started. Like, and I had this really fashionable rainbow little puff vest too. Like I was very fashionable back then. <laughs> was it, too. was it a radio and, flyer wagon? <laughs> um, I might've been, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what, you know, it might've been, but it go. was one of those things where. He taught me at a young age to work for, you know, to earn my keep basically, you know, within anything that I did. So there I was on, you know, in the streets of uh, Castro Valley, picking up cans, putting them in the wagon. And then when I got back to his house, he had these like containers and we would put them in the containers. And then when the containers would get full, then we would go to the recycling center. And then after that, then we would get the money and then go to the bank. So it was a whole entire process. Like my sister, she wasn't into that, but I was. I just could not wait to go to my grandfather's house to pick that's, up cans. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just well, love it. So is, I feel like I followed in his. I followed in his footsteps yeah. in so many ways in that entrepreneur mind mindset and spirit. Yeah, you know, I love it. Well, starting early, it's great. Mm-hmm. What excites you most about your work in the marketing world? I always say that it's. It's myself, like I would say that it's me weaving a tapestry and it's figuratively speaking because I'm not really doing that, but (laughs) like weaving a tapestry, I mean, yeah, I'm not, you know, that, that talented on that, but, but the point is, it's just that when I leave, I want to leave a legacy and I want to be able to step back and be able to see everybody that I've weaved together, every connection, because I'm always like, I had a call yesterday um, and it was, you know, through uh, the publication that I currently work at. And they basically were talking about this whole like food project that they have going on. And I said, Oh, you should talk to Lynn, you know, at Cherish Market and stuff. And I'm already starting to, you know, weave them together because I already know that that is somebody in the valley that they need to talk to and that's just how I work I just start seeing connections and I'm like hey I'll make an introduction I'll get you guys together and then from there they do what they got to do that's beyond me but that's my whole thing is weaving a tapestry of everybody together because that's what it's all about well creating community everybody wins everybody, Mm -hmm. everybody thrives when there's community involved it's amazing yeah You've done some work with some pretty major brands and media outlets. Can you talk a bit about your work with some of these brands and which brands you've done the work with? Oh God. I mean, I've, I've done so much, but I, I feel like my biggest ones was when I got my connections with British Vogue, British Glamour, GQ, and I was able to help them. Yeah. I was able to help some startup um, fashion brands get exposure into some of their, um, special sections in the publication. And then I was able to do the copywriting for it. So not only was I was 
able to get them and their brand in this in the publication three issues I was able to write for it too so that was my writing in the publication you know of course my name wasn't on it but I knew I wrote it so that was an aha moment too and it was awesome when one of the publications had Oprah on the cover and I was just like oh my god it was Rihanna Oprah so some big celebrities you know and names in the industry were on these covers that you know, were selected. And then, of course, Charles Krug, you know, in the Valley, you know, everybody knows them. So, I mean, there's been a lot of big names, but I feel like the Vogue and the British, you know, Glamour and them were my biggest ones. For sure. Those for are me. some pretty big feathers in your cap. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doris, you're considered a leader in your field. You've been featured as a keynote speaker and hosted many events and workshops. Can you speak to us a bit about your work hosting events and workshops and tell us about your keynote speaking events? What topics do you usually speak on when you're, when you're speaking at events? Well, I would have to say one of my very first experiences on the speaking was at the Sacramento Women's Expo. And it was, it was like, I sold my soul to public speaking the day they put the microphone in my hand. It was just one of those things where I was just like, oh my God, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like it was just, I want to have my own talk show. Like this is phenomenal. Like they had to like tell me to get off the stage because I was just having such a great time. Like I literally got off the stage and was taking answers out in the crowd. And they were just like, what is she doing? It's just like, hey, I have a wireless mic. I'm going for it, you know? And people were just continuously asking questions to the panel that was on the, it was a doctor's panel. And it was just really amazing. And I just kind of just like for the public speaking, it's when I'm doing speaking, not like on a, like a panel when I'm hosting it, it's for me when I'm speaking like in front of a group, it's going to be about mindset. It's going to be about the luxury of changing your life. It's going to be about a diabetes awareness, media branding, you know, stuff like that. And so, I mean, I feel like oh, some of that is, you could see some of that tapped into Dose of Doors, but that's a completely different platform of what I'm doing on that. Right, which we'll, we will we will speak yeah. about that shortly. Mm-hmm. What lights you up the most about being a keynote speaker? Oh my God, it's like I was saying before, when they put that mic in my hand, I knew <laughs> that day, the day that mic got put in my hand, I knew this was my divine purpose on earth. I knew in my heart and soul, that is exactly, from coming from someone that was shy growing up, someone that you know, was kind of a loner and teased and stuff where, you know, it's just like I was bullied and stuff. And I did not want to put myself out there. I wanted to hide because it was just like, God, if I come out, people are going to like, you know, tease me and stuff. So I hit a lot. And so it was one of those moments when I got into drama class and it was like, okay, either you take a failing, you know, grade or you get on stage and you do something. And it was like, oh my God, I can't fail. I can't like, you know, not you get a good grade so it was the day that I finally got on stage and I did a performance and everybody applauded I was just like oh my god and that's when I got over being shy was through theater and so I really feel like for myself it's just taking that nugget Uh allowed me to not to get out of that shyness of what was happening to me during those you know high school years and stuff and really allowed me to be able to shine in the day that Mike was put in my hand. That was the day where it was just like everything came full circle where I wasn't, I'm not shy to be on stage and some people are very terrified from it. I'm not, it comes natural to me. That's amazing. You know? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, you're the host of an internet show, which you just mentioned found on YouTube called dose of Doris. How long have you been hosting mm-hmm. this show? Oh my God. So it didn't. Okay. So 2020 actually had a lot of silver linings and this was one yes. of them where it was just like, it's like, you know, you're stuck at home. You have nothing else to do. Right. So no, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I did, I did a lot of, I, I lit a lot of candles, a lot of meditation, a lot of soul searching, a lot of journaling. But one thing was I'm sitting there going, you know, I really got to do this because it, it all happened when I was doing some writing as, you know, just a freelance writer for Ray magazine. And the editor knew of a home decorator that was on one of the, I forgot what station was, I think it was NBC. He was like a correspondent or something. Uh-huh. So I said, oh, I'll just interview him. So I interviewed him and it was funny on a side note, he said, you should, you know, have your own YouTube channel. And this was like, I don't know, like seven years ago. And I was like, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. And so it was just one of those things. I couldn't see his vision at the time, Mm -hmm. but then it was funny. It's sometimes when someone's, it's like almost when someone's planting the seed, right? So you sit there and you're kind of like, it's always in the back of your mind and your subconscious mind. So then I'm sitting here throughout all the years of things happening. It was always in the back of my mind. So it wasn't until 
it was a year before it was 2019 when I started doing some episodes, but it was just like a screenshot of me with like a logo and you would hear my like a voiceover. Right. Okay. But then 2020 came and it was just like, I want to get glammed up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, I'll get glammed up and do a video. What the heck? And then I found a location at, you know, where I was living at the time and I started doing these videos and I was really enjoying myself and I started doing it for myself. And it was more on my spiritual journey of like what I was experiencing each week. People can have, you start from the first episode all the way to now you'll watch my journey and how I've grown and the things I've been learning. So it's more of a momentum of going with me with my journey in a way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm for sure. Really glad that seed. Well, that seed was planted and I'm really glad that it was planted and eventually it took root finally right. with me taking action. So. So can you tell us a bit more about the show? How many episodes do you have out now? This weekend I'll be recording six, uh, episode 69. And last episode was 68, obviously. And it was uh, Burn the Ship. And I like <laughs> to do these really cool like little cover photos. So, I mean, taking photos with matches was very interesting because I would strike the match and sometimes it would like self-timer. I'm doing these all by myself. And so sometimes one of them, the match burnt out right before the photo was taken. And it was just like, are you kidding me? I mean, that's just what I got to go through. But, but it was fun because it's just like, I'm like throughout the week, I start thinking about, okay, how did this week go? What did I learn this week? What can I share to my audience? You know, what am I going through? What's a good lesson for people to learn? And so that's what I go through. Probably like between like today and tomorrow, I'll start like manifesting and, you know, thinking about what my next episode is going to be about. Okay. But they're all, it's all about enlightening people. Like, I don't want people thinking that I have like a whole schedule, you know, no, it's, this is week by week. So you really know when I come out with something, just this just happened to me. I yeah. am going through this transformation in my life. It's off the cuff kind of thing. You just figure it out and just go with it. So the episodes are just, are you you sitting there talking about your journey and what's going on in your life? Yes. And I try to keep them under six minutes. I actually had one of my YouTube followers basically say, can you make these longer? I can listen (laughs) to you for hours. And I was like, well, then that wouldn't be a dose of doors then. (laughs) Because I don't think anybody could take more than a dose of me. (laughs) Oh, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. There's too much going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're also known as the Glamorous Diabetic. I love that name you've been given. How did that name come about? Oh my gosh. I wish I could take credit for that, but it was actually, you know, back in my freelance writing time. So when I was diagnosed, I basically, you know, went off and I was just like, after, you know, being diagnosed, it was one of those things the next day you wake up and life changes. And I remember having my little, you know, one-on-one with God and, and I just said, you know, God, I know you didn't do this, you know, you know, like, to be mean or anything. I know you did this to set me up and I just don't know what we're going to do with it, but let's go and do something amazing. So then that's when I started, you know, working with all the organizations locally and starting to figure out how it was going to, you know, bring light to this autoimmune disease in a, you know, glamorous way, like refashion it, you know, because it's so negative and people still to this day don't really understand it the way that they should understand it. So I worked with beyond type one and they basically, you know, had me write something for um, one of their, their posts. And so I talked about, you know, being glamorous, you know, with diabetes. So the community director, when she emailed me back with the thank you letter and the link to the post, she said to me in that letter that, you know, you're bringing glamour to diabetes as the glamorous diabetic. Uh, so as a natural born marketer, as my, as, as I am, I was yeah. like, okay, glamorous diabetic. Light, it, light it bulb is. went I'm, off and there we go. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I think that's one big reason why I've been able to get all the TV segments because in my pitch letter, I'm always talking about how I'm the glamorous diabetic and even like ABC seven, that was something that they basically, when I was on air, they said, yes, you're known as the glamorous diabetic. And it was just, I, I think that's a persona now where I'm bringing glamour to the autoimmune disease, which we all know the word disease means your body's at disease. So. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's awesome. I love it. Cause you know, a lot of people, if they, if, or when they get the news of something like this, they, they sit and wallow and, you know, stress mm-hmm. and all that. You actually turn that into turn your, for lack of a better word, pain into purpose and thought, 
I'm going to oh. do something good with this. Well, and it's, and it's also, I take a lot of my pain and setback as fuel. And I think that's something a lot of people should do personally is that when something happens in a negative form, you know, like someone leaves your life, like a relationship or something like that, like, you, you don't you don't sit there and eat a gallon of ice cream and cry because the person left you. There's a reason the person left. You take that and you better yourself. You learn from the experiences and you better yourself. Even like with, you know, when you're diagnosed with something, it's a learning lesson. There's a reason because everything's happening uh, for you, not to you. Right. And when you have that mindset, you change the narrative in your life. So you're not no longer the victim. You I know, you it. are now, you're thriving now and you're making everything that's happening better in a way does that make sense <laughs> absolutely i love the way you think i love the way you look at things it's a great attitude to take it's amazing mm-hmm. now you being a huge advocate for diabetes awareness i know that through previous conversations with you that this advocacy work was born out of your own personal experiences and struggles with diabetes as you briefly mentioned just now can you tell us a bit more about your own experiences in dealing with diabetes Okay, so we'll go back real quickly to where it started, and then I'll just, you know, answer the whole about dealing with it. So it's actually my father's birthday today, and he is today 69 years old. Well, and happy he's birthday been a diabetic to, to since your father. He was, yes, and he's been a diabetic since he was two years old. Wow. And so the thing about, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I am like, I'm really happy that we're doing this on his birthday because of the fact that it's just, he, I've seen all the negativity with diabetes, unfortunately, through his struggles. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing about it is, okay, so all the doctors throughout his life, like growing up, they would, anytime he had surgery or he had to have some, you know, something done, they mm-hmm. would tell him he was, he was not going to leave the operating room. Like you're, it's, you know, you're taking your chance by doing the surgery or doing right. the, you know, procedure. And the funny thing about it is now that I feel like I've gone through my spiritual awakening, I was able to last year, another silver lining of 2020, I was able to sit down with my dad and I said, dad, can you just tell me? what your secret is. Like everybody always puts these big X's against you saying game over. You're not going to come out. Everybody's like a Debbie Downer here. So tell me, what is it? How do you, how do you survive each surgery? How do you survive all these years as a diabetic with all, like with all these complications? And he looked at me and he said, it's all in your mind. And I was just like, oh my God, my dad, like my dad never shared any of this mindset stuff with me growing up. It's like, oh my God, dad, you've known this stuff. And so it was funny because he said, when I'm in the hospital and right before they sedate me and they put me under, I will lay there and I will visualize myself walking out of the hospital, going home to your mother. And I was like, oh my God. I said, dad, the power of the mind. And he said, yes. That's how I'm able to succeed each and every surgery and come out of it is because I'm already priming my mindset and visualizing myself and feeling it deep down inside that I am home with your mother. That's and incredible. I was just like, and, and that's, that's the dad, thing about you kept, it. Is you now, kept this stuff from me, dad, all these years. <laughs> I know, but it was funny because I saw all the struggles he went through and I never mm-hmm. knew what he was doing to keep himself going. Mm-hmm. I never knew besides like the love he has for my mother and my, you know, myself and my sister, right. but it was just seeing all that struggle. I didn't. So you can only imagine when I was going through my diagnosis and I ran from it and I'm very open about it. I ran for about 10 months and it almost took my life wow. because I saw all the struggle. Yeah. Cause I saw all the struggles of my dad and I was like, I don't want this. Right. You know, if you see like, you know, your dad going through surgeries, losing his leg, you know, like doing triple heart bypass surgery and all this stuff happening, you know, almost losing your vision a couple of times and having it come back. It was just like, I don't want to sign up for that. So yeah. you run from it because of fear. Right. So I right. ran, but that fear almost took my life because it was the night that I finally, or it was the day that I finally went to the hospital, got the blood work done. Then finally that night, the lab called me. And, uh-huh. and you, we all know when the lab calls you or the hospital calls you same day after any like lab yeah. work or test, it's, it's pretty much not, they're not saying congratulations, you right. know, you're all healthy. They're basically <laughs> yeah. delivering something bad. And so it was a night where it was like, I had to face it. I had to face my demons that night and I just had to face the whole thing. So I go to the ER I'm you know, yeah, they're doing all these tests. They can't figure out type one, type two. I'm just like, whatever, it's, it's a type, right? So I'll figure yeah. it out. But I remember when the ER doctor came in the room, I looked over to the white wall and when he gave me the diagnosis, because that's, you know, they're all about like lab work and science. Yeah. I looked at the wall 
And I said the same exact time when he gave me the diagnosis, I looked at the wall and I said, this is not my ending. I will find a cure. I love it. That was exactly my words I said. And that is the mindset that I put myself in. So when I walk around telling people, I will find the cure, I will cure myself from diabetes, you know, you know mm. all this stuff, people think you can't do that. You're insulin dependent now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the world that you live in, not yeah, my world. Exactly. My world, there is no diabetes. <laughs> what I'm an just, attitude. I'm just it's saying, incredible. Well, well and, and the thing about it is when that day comes, because it will come, because it's funny, the universe keeps on sending me like books. Like I, I found a book at a thrift store. It, it was the end of diabetes. And I was like, okay. oh, that's pretty random. And then I just met a lady in Napa that basically she's on the same like mindset as me. And she's going through some education right now. And it was funny, we were doing emails back and forth to each other. And she said, did you go through any personal uh, emotional trauma when you were diagnosed? Because you're an offset, just wondering. And I, I told her in the email, I said, I love the way you think, because I know exactly when this happened, what I was feeling and the emotions that were happening. So it's all emotions that are trapped inside of me right now, where as soon as I'm able to heal and release all of that and get my body back into harmony and balance, it'll be gone. I know it will be gone, but it's just me doing the work to get there. Right. So I just, I'm on to something and God in the universe keeps on sending me the right people because I believe that's one of my big purposes on earth is to crack this code. I, I, the pharmaceuticals, you know, companies are going to hate me, but that's you know, what it is, what it is. <laughs> to hell with them. <laughs> you're, you're helping people. There's a, there's a bigger purpose here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How have these experiences helped shape the Doris you are today? Do you think? Oh my God. Well, I would have to say I've always been the type of person where it's like, I don't give up easily. I don't know if that's like, cause I'm a Scorpio. I, I don't know. Like we're very like, you know, those on the horoscope and stuff like of uh, Scorpio, we're very deep. Like we're deep thinkers. We're like, you know, they always say that they go to the underworld. They're so deep. And so many people can't go with us because they don't think, or they're not as passionate as, as us. And it's just like, we're, we're willing to do the things other people aren't. And we tolerate pain much, much better than other people. So certain things that would destroy somebody, it doesn't, we're just, we burn in the ashes and rise up as a phoenix because we're always transforming. And I think that's been a blessing of being a Scorpio in that aspect. But I think the one thing that the experiences that I've gone through, I think the last one, my karmic, I talked about that in one of my episodes of Joseph Doris, where I had a karmic friendship. Okay. And I always wondered, you know, I always wondered about it because, you know, there is something called karmic debt where we all have to pay back, right. you know, karma, you know, all that. Yes, Yeah. And it was the karmic friendship. And this was just a friendship of seven years. Funny enough, I was diagnosed seven years ago, too. So wow. that's you can kind of tell where the diabetes started. And I'm not blaming the individual, but I'm blaming the emotions that I felt through that. Right. And so the point being is that. I've had many tower moments and they call that like in the tarot or whatever, where you have tower moments where that's like the universe or God is coming in there to destroy this. So you can basically either find balance or restart again. Right. And that's what these tower moments are. And I talked about that in a separate episode as well. And so a lot of times people think these tower moments are bad, but no, actually a lot of times they're here to rebalance and get you refocused again. So I've had through seven years with him as a friend, I had multiple tower moments, but I never took any of them because I wanted to fix everything and I wanted to make everything better and, you know, and all this stuff. And so, and I felt good and all this stuff. And it wasn't until this last tower moment where I felt it like in my heart chakra and my throat, where it was a piercing pain that I cannot even describe. It just like, it took my breath away when everything went down and I went inside for the answers and I let it go. I finally let it go. I let the tower crumble to the ground. And through this 14 weeks of being no contact and just separating myself from it, mm -hmm. I have learned self-love. I have learned self-love. And I believe if we all can have self-love and love ourselves and know that we are complete, we really do not truly need anybody to complete us because we have everything we need inside of us. For sure. Then we would not we would not have all these devastating tower moments. We would not be settling for excuse my language bullshit. We no, would not okay. be doing that. We would be content knowing that this is my self worth. This is who I am. I'm not judged by numbers on social media. I'm not judged by what you think of me. I am who I am. 
And that's what it is. And I believe, and even in my episode of Dose of Doors, I thanked him in the episode. I didn't say his name, obviously, right. but I just thanked my karmic because without him and without that seven years of that, that what I tolerated in there, where I allowed, because I'm not putting blame on him because I allowed it because I could have said no, because I have free will. I could have said no anytime and said, go kick rocks, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I allowed it. I allowed it to happen. But through that experience, I needed that because it taught me the highest amount of worth and self-love for myself. And now I feel like it set me up for the best life ever. So thank you, Karmic. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely everything I think in life starts with self. You are the foundation for everything. And it all starts with self-love for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I didn't have that. I mean, I loved myself, uh-huh. you know, but it was, it was the point where I didn't have it like 100% down. Like it right. was kind of like, you know, hanging in the back there where yeah. you love yourself enough, but it's just not the 100%. Right. And now when you self when you have that self love, you take the time to figure out what foods you're eating, what you're putting into your body, where your time goes, you know, what your, where your mind is what time you wake up, the fitness you do, because you love yourself so much. You take it to a level where it's just like, oh, that's not good. I'm not going to eat that because I love myself enough where I'm not going to put that toxic food into my body. Or, you know, I'm not going to talk to you because every time I talk to you, you have bad energy and you bring me down. I love myself enough not to tolerate that. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine says, treat your body like a temple as opposed to a trash can. Oh my God. I love that because I always say that your body is your temple, but I love the whole trash can thing too, because uh, people say, you know, that saying people say, uh, you are what you eat. That's right. Oh my God. That, that oh my God. It has so much truth and yeah. don't even get me on the food. Don't even get me on food. <laughs> <laughs> Doris, what is the ultimate goal for you around your advocacy work for diabetes awareness? To refashion everybody's mindset about autoimmune diseases to allow people to understand your answer is not through medicine that the doctor gives you. It's not through pharmaceuticals. It is through yourself. Because again, like I said earlier, you, you have everything inside of you. It, all the answers are inside of you. You are complete. You just have to do the work to find the balance and harmony in your life. You have to do the groundwork of journaling, facing your demons, doing the, you know, the shadow work and really finding out where things happened and kind of being your own investigator in a way. And I've done my investigation work. So now I'm trying to put the pieces together to almost like go back in time and fix all that. And I want people to start understanding like, this is not your end. You don't have to be insulin dependent for the rest of your life. You have the free will and choice to change your diet, to change your mindset, to change all this. Because when you are awakened, And you start, like, for example, when you start Googling ingredients on a box Mm -hmm. and you start finding out what those ingredients and the side effects they have on your body, you're going to have that self-love and say, I am never eating out of a box again. Because you know that box food is causing your illness to to be worse. That's keeping you on the insulin. You know, it's just, it's a whole, it's a mindset thing. So to kind of answer you, not to go kind of like too far off here, it's, (laughs) I want people to have a better awareness of what they are doing to themselves. And after, you know, like, for example, if you know something's bad for you, but you go to the store and pick it up and eat it again, that's on you. Yeah. Now you know what that ingredient is doing to your body and it should not be in a human body, but you're eating it anyways. That's on you now. Yeah. You know, you have that free will to love yourself enough to have the self-discipline because self-love is Uh self-discipline to say, you know what? That's not good for me. I'm going to pass. Yeah. Very true. What other types of things besides dose of Doris um, are you doing in order to bring awareness to diabetes? What are some of the other things you're doing? I've done numerous TV segments and one of them that was the Kind of the craziest one for me was when I went to Hawaii and I did Hawaii um, Now News. And the this is kind of like shows you the, the lack of awareness people have because everybody gets diabetes confused with type 2. So when I was on air, live show, the guy, the, the reporter basically says, well, you don't look like a diabetic. And I was just like, oh, my God, we're not doing this, are we? You know, and it was just one of those moments where it was just like, just because I'm skinny and I do my modeling and I'm health and fit doesn't exempt me. And my point on that segment was no one is exempt 
Like we want to sit here and we want to say, oh, no one in my family has it, so I won't get it. So I can right. you know, eat and do whatever I want. It's like, no, you're not exempt from any disease or illness or, or incident happening to you. You always have to be on guard about it. Yeah. And I mean, one of the models that's going to be in our fashion show that I'm producing for Charles Krug, she's a type one diabetic and nobody in her family has it. There's not one trace, not even in her family tree. And we, we did a segment last year for uh, World Diabetes um, Month in November. I do something special each month, uh, each okay. year on that month. So November, everybody remember, we're blue. <laughs> that's, the, that's the color for it. Okay. So we, we did a segment and we talked about it because, you know, she's in her 20s. You know, I'm in my mid 30s. So it was one of those things where we were talking about it, where I have it, like, as I said before, my dad's had it since he was two. So I have it genetically in my family, but she's a type one and she does not. We're on two different devices. We were really just hashing it out and talking. It was a very educational, you know, segment that we did. It was about 30 minutes long, but it really showed the mindset that we have and what we're doing. And the point was to allow people to know, like those through a modeling agency, where it's just like, you should never allow anything to hinder your dreams. If you want to be a model, look at us. You could be a model at all different right. ages, even yeah. with an autoimmune disease. For sure. I love it. Again, I, I just mm -hmm. love your mindset and your attitude and the way you look at things. It's, it's really incredible. I think mindset is such a key piece to so many things. Once you get a hold of that, of how to have that mindset, your whole world will open up. Once you're able to change it, your whole world opens up completely. It's, it's an amazing thing. I'm glad you said that because when I was basically back in the day when I was working in corporate America, it was one of those things where I was miserable. I was not a happy person. And it wasn't until my business mentor, she basically changed my mindset. She changed my life because I was already manifesting certain things. And we are all master manifestors like right. we are manifesting the life we have and people don't understand that so when their life you know is not going the way that they want it to go they need to step back and go what are my thoughts what am i saying what how am i acting because you are manifesting yeah. your reality so it was one of those things where she started telling me i want you to get a journal and i want you to start and this is one of the things the very first thing i start teaching on my like luxury of change and stuff for my speaking i Talk about gratitude, because that is where I started, where she told me, I want you to write in a journal every morning before you go to your cubicle, or even when you're in your cubicle, I want you to be sitting there writing gratitude messages. I want you to be thankful that you're sitting in that cubicle and find everything in your life that you're thankful for. And it was that simple, simple thing that she started with. And there's a whole bunch of other things that you know came after that. But just that simple change of being grateful and stretching it. And so I always tell people, if you really want to do this, 10 by 10, it's called, I call it the 10 by 10, where you're writing every day, 10 things that you're thankful for, blessed for, for 10 days, but you cannot repeat one of them. So if you say, I'm so thankful for no traffic today, well, the next day you can't say that. Right. So you got to stretch yourself and, it, and some people will get stuck on the fifth or sixth day and they're like, oh, I don't know. But for me, it, it came much easier than I expected it to. So it's just the mindset of having gratitude. And by doing that, my life opened up for that's, me and that's yeah. where everything started to everything started to go the way that it needed to go so the universe and god started throwing things on my path and that's why i am here now doing what i'm doing is um, from that simple mindset change i love it now i read that you also in addition to all you do with your advocacy work and your business you support startup brands and businesses to enhance their reputation as an accessible luxury brand. How long have you been doing that and what inspired you to start doing this type of work? Gosh, I've been doing marketing forever. So I, I think it was like when I, I'm talking about corporate America, when I was let go <laughs> from corporate America, that was actually a blessing in disguise. There it was you go. a time where I was just like, all right, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this corporate thing again. Nope. I am going to figure this out by myself. But at this time, I already had a book that I wrote. I wrote a book already. And so, cause I, I kind of wrote that on like, you know, weeknights when I got home and so right. that was some like a side little thing I was doing. So then it was the fact where, okay, I have this book. Everybody always told me that I should model and I'm a great writer, obviously. So why don't I just start a blog? What the heck? So I started researching on my time, you know, cause I wasn't, you know, at work anymore. And I started researching it and I was like, oh my God, 
I can do this. This is so like, <laughs> oh my God. So after the third month, I was like, I was rocking and rolling. And then after the sixth month, I was like, all oh, right, I was, I, I changed the website twice, the layout and everything. I, I was getting everything fine tuned and stuff. And it wasn't until a little bit after that, diabetes hit me. Right. But okay. it was actually another blessing because I was able to market myself with the diabetes differently. And I had my business mentor at the time, but it was also the point where I was able to connect because I had to build my, you know, build my name up. So I had to go to retailers and, you know, those that did like, you know, vintage inspired, you know, dresses and clothing and right. stuff like that and reach out to them. So then I found a, like an energy where it's just like, okay, you know, I need help. You need help. Let's work together. Right. And I think that was the building blocks of how I propel on everything that I do, even to like now, like there's some businesses that really need help. And I'm just like, I, I reach out and I'm like, Hey, I can help you. You know, I, I could be a voice for you. I could be an influencer. I could get some, you know, bodies in your restaurant or your, your retail shop. Let's, let's work together. Yeah. And that's what it's all about is building the brand that way. And then some of them want to go bigger than that. And they don't want to personally like, you know, be maybe on my website. So then that's when I pitch them Vogue or I pitch them like publications or TV segments for themselves. Uh -huh. And then they go off and do their own individual things. So it's all about marketing their needs of what they need. I love when you're talking about how when diabetes happened to you or when you lost your corporate job, sometimes the things that seem to be the worst thing that could happen to you turn out to be the absolute best thing that could ever happen to you. It's funny the mm -hmm. way that works. You know, and it's, yeah, and you it's just all have to a plan. See it. You have to see it that way. Yeah, well, that's you, right. see, and I love the plan because it is the plan. It's, you know, my mom would always tell me that, you know, God already has your life mapped out for you. And I was just like, well, can you tell me a sneak peek? Can I see a trailer of it? <laughs> and my mom's like, it doesn't work that way. You can't see a trailer of your life. You can't see where you're going to go. It's a mystery. And it's really, you're paving the road. You're the director. And I thought, I'm sitting back thinking about this. And it's, she's right. It's like, we are the directors of our life. And this is our movie. You know, this yeah. is our runway. So it's just like how we perceive ourselves. And we're writing the script. We're writing the narrative every single day. And we could like, for example, like my karmic, I took him out of the script. He's out. Like go. he's gone. Like you're, you're, you're out of the movie. You're not, you're not a part of it anymore. That's it. You know, so it's just like we have that. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah, you're fired. But it's just like, we have that, we have that ability to take people out of our movie, to add people back in. We have the full control. We understand we are writing this every single day and we're manifesting what we want. So yeah. it, it is a plan. It is a master plan. You guess, Yes, God knows what the ending's going to be, you know, and there's no spoiler alerts because he's not going to tell us, but we do have a lot of control of if that's going to align with his plan. You As know, you said earlier too, is things happen for you, not to you. And again, that's all about mm -hmm. mindset. All of it is, it all comes back to mindset and self-love. Yeah. And those are the two things I would have to say, if you can master both of those. You're set. You're oh laughing. my God. Yeah. And consistency too. I love consistency yeah. because like I'm a type of person where people have applauded me for being consistent, no matter what, like a holiday weekend or anything happening. I'm always producing new videos. I'm always producing, you know, new stuff on my social yeah. media. I'm producing, producing, producing. Hence probably why I'm producing a fashion show now. But <laughs> the fact is it's like, you have to be consistent even with fitness. Like this morning I was up at four o'clock and I was out at five o'clock taking my walk my two mile walk. And then I'll take another one in the afternoon and I'll take one in the evening. So I'm taking three walks a day and I separate Beautiful. it up because those walks prime me yeah. and they prime my mindset. Because if you sit at the computer all day long, you're going to bog down after yes. a while. So I need to be out because you have to think about it. We are like a plant. We yeah. need sunshine. We need yes. water. We need that fresh air. We Absolutely. can't be locked up inside. Mm -hmm. We can't. You got to, you got to break your day up for sure. You, you do, yes. you need to get out into the elements. You need to get the fresh air. It's good for you. And it also helps clear your mind. Sitting at a computer for four, eight hours a day, you get very stagnant and, and your thought process gets stagnant and you need to get out and revitalize and give your brain oxygen and get out there and just have time to think. And you come back to that computer again after 
an hour walk or whatever, you're refreshed. Your mind is clear. You can start again and look at yes. things through oh fresh my God. eyes. Yes. And that's the thing. That's why I do it. So, and, you know, people always wonder why I take so many walks and why I'm always exercising. But, you know, obviously, because I want to, you know, stay fit and, you yes. know, and stay healthy and stuff. But there's a double, you know, reason to it, like what that's you just right. said. And then sometimes when I'm outside, it's just like, if there's a tree and there's a leaf, I'll touch the leaf because you want to take touch nature too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to take my shoes off and put my feet on the grass, you know, when I'm taking a long walk, right. but I mean, it's like, I will touch a leaf or something and you feel that you feel nature and you, you're grounded. It's almost like you're grounding yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Doris, to date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? Biggest high is like I was saying earlier is speaking on that, getting that microphone in my hand and speaking. So it was kind of like, that was something that ignited inside of me. So I kind of say that was my, one of my biggest highs of speaking and even like doing podcasts like this today. It's just, this is my natural high. This is how I, can you imagine how much more inner, like how much more energetic I would be if I was doing this every single day of my life? Like I have, I've had people tell me that when they conversate with me, like in a passionate conversation, they feel like they've had like three Red Bulls. And I'm like, well, those are not healthy, but no. I get your point on what you're trying. <laughs> yeah. I get your point that you're saying that I give you a lot of energy, but don't drink those. But then the <laughs> other thing is the greatest, the greatest win I would have to say is all of my failures. All of my failures were my greatest wins because they taught me how to be the better version of myself. And that was my first episode of Dose of Doors, where you have to fail fast and fail forward. Awesome. I love that. Again, it just, mm-hmm. it, this speaks to your attitude and, and the way you look at things. It's, it's incredible. I love it. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become so successful, Doris? Knowing that there is more to life than this. Okay. I mean, that's short and sweet and simple. Like, yeah, I mean, that's it. I love I, it. That's great. I mean, I, I'm pretty elaborate on everything I say, but that right there, knowing that there's more to life than this, there is really more. And when you, and that's also in a way of not being asleep, being spiritually awakened to understand when you take the veil off of your eyes and you see through, you know, all the bullshit, it's basically, there is something more in life than what we're being said. For sure. For sure. So speaking of success, Doris, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Like I just said, fell fast, fell forward. I feel like that is success, success for me. I feel like you have to fail. And I feel like in our society, it's been a negative, you know, persona, a negative thing where it's just like, well, if you fail, you're, you're bad or you're stupid. You're not good enough. It's like, no, if you fail, congratulations, because that means you hopefully will not, you will not be doing that again. That's right. You know, and they're they're all of my failures. You know, some of them, I'm, I'm honest. I have no judgment because I'm human. Yeah, some of my failures, I repeated them again, thinking that the next time they would work out and they failed on me again. But you learn through that. You go, okay, uh-huh. well, you know what? I can't do that twice now because it's just not going to work. And it's funny because a lot of these failures that you have in life, no matter how many times you try to rework it and try to like, you know, change it around, it will always be like you taking a square peg, putting it in a circle hole. It's yeah. not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. so you just, so you just have to basically just kind of let it go and just be like the hell with it, whatever. I'm just going to fail, learn from my lessons, move on and just be the best version of myself with this failure. Failure yeah, is you know? good. As long, if you fall seven times, as long as you get up eight, that's all that matters. And if you fall down on your back and you could see a way out. There you go. <laughs> What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? To to be successful, you must get out of your own way. I had another business mentor told me that, Doris, you could be so successful if you get out of your own way. And I never realized what he was trying to say to me until years ago when I finally said, oh, and I did an episode on this too, about being your own worst enemy. It's almost like sometimes it's like a, we're punching ourselves in our face. Like it's yeah. like we are, we are our worst critics sometimes. And sometimes we just need to lay off of ourselves and we just need to know that we are doing the best we can and be patient and just go through the process and have that blind trust and For just sure. stop being in our ways. Because a lot of times we are blocking the blessings that God wants to give us because of fear or doubt or whatever the situation is. 
And imagine if we removed all of those insecurities and removed all of that fear and we allowed the blessings to come into our lives, like basically allow them because a lot of times we are not telling the universe that we feel worthy enough to allow the blessing to come into our life. So we block those blessings. Self-limiting belief is a horrible thing. The only thing stopping you is you. That's it. Yes. It, yes. it, it, it yeah. is a and, and horrible I, thing. I was going to say, I think as soon as people understand to just that you are in your own way, it, it's not, if you, you want to, you want to point the finger and say it's this person or it's this, or, you know, it's, you know, the reason, like, for example, the reason my blood sugar is so high is because of this food. Well, who ate it? You yeah, chose to eat right. it. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? So if you are your own worst enemy, if you know that's going to jack your blood sugar, don't eat it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how you are your own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's bad enough that we have to deal with external noise from naysayers and haters and all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. what's even worse is is our own, our own minds and, and getting in our own ways. We need to learn to get the fuck out of our own way, plain and simple. And again, that all well, goes back to mindset. Self-love. In my yep. mindset and self-love. Yep, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? What was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Oh, all right. I'm another another episode of Death Story. Should we hit that all my episodes here? I told you it's all about my lessons here. Okay, so I would have to say, okay, I'm so firm when I say this. Do not go to everybody for the answers. Do not go to everybody and bitch and complain. No one really cares. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. No one really cares. And I know that's like really harsh to say. I'm not saying people don't care where they just, they're going to tell you to kick rocks, but I'm just saying that people have their own stuff going on and they're going to tell you what they would do out of their own belief pattern, thought pattern, what they've gone through things that they have experienced. So if you go to someone about uh, like a relationship, let's say that person was cheated on. Well, what kind of advice do you think you're going to get back from them? Because they have a negative taste of it because they were cheated on. So of course they're going to tell you their take of it and their point of view. And it's not going to be, it's not going to really apply to your story. It's not really going to apply to your situation possibly. So what I've learned is shut your mouth and go, go deep down inside. The answers are already inside of you do prayer, do meditation, sit back and just let the dust settle, like figure it out for yourself, journal, because you are your own best therapist. Like you don't even need to go to a therapist. You could, you ask yourself a question and answer it. Really, you can't because that's all therapists really do. So really at the end of the day, you have to go within for the answers and not ask everybody, what should I do? You know, what do you think? No, you cannot spiritually, like other people and yourself, it goes both ways. You can't spiritually infringe on anybody's spiritual journey. So really you can't tell them what to do. They can't tell you what to do because you're on your own journey, your own path, and you got to do it your way. For sure. But sometimes it's nice to have a sounding board though. Yeah. I mean, I go to your mom then. (laughs) (laughs) I think like, yeah, it is nice, but I've just learned from myself where it's just like, I'm better off going to myself now because it's just like, you don't like, you don't want to like be the person that goes to somebody all the time for like advice or like, you know, it's like, it's for me, it's just like, yeah, it's okay to like say like, oh yeah, I had a bad day or whatever. But to me, I don't even really do that because I find the bad days and I find the good in the bad days. But I just kind of feel like for me, it just works to go within. And yeah, sometimes I will sound off to my, you know, my mom, I will, because that's, you know, a mother's duty, but I just feel like, you know, sometimes her her comments are very just short, sweet and simple. And I'm just like, Oh, you're always right. (laughs) (laughs) But see the other thing, the other side of that too, is that a lot of people don't want to look inside. They don't want to go inside and do the work. And that's a crying shame. Yeah, You are just existing. Yeah. in this world that has so much potential for you, then it's almost to me, I feel like this might be kind of harsh, but it's just like, why are you here then? If you're not willing to do the spiritual work, knowing that you are a spiritual light worker that God has put here, like we all have a purpose. We all have a purpose to touch someone. Some of our purposes are bigger than others, you know, but we all have a divine purpose on this earth. And it's just like, if you're not willing to do the shadow work and figure out what is wrong with you? Like one of the books I was recently reading, um, 
about, it talks about how you have to go to the dark side to become the light. It's almost in a way where it's like, if you're not willing to do the dark, dirty work in your life and get your hands dirty, you can never see the light and be that light. But Doris, there are so many people who who are just existing. Think about the millions upon millions of people who never do find their purpose in life and who stay, let's just use work as an example here, who stay stuck in a job that they absolutely fucking hate. They go to that job day in and day out because of fear or self-limiting belief or external noise. And they are just existing because they're not living out their true life. And so many people go through their entire lives like that. And it is sad for sure. But it does happen. There are people who just exist. There are millions upon millions of people who just exist. And I don't want people to be that way. I really don't want people no, just to be neither. in the rat race. And, 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 and it's the way where it's just like, I, I call that like a box lifestyle. You live in a box, you take a shower in a box, you eat out of a box, you get in, you drive in a box, you go to a box, you work in the box and you yeah. do the whole box lifestyle and it, everything's box, box, box. And it's just like, we need to understand we need to wake up, basically. Yeah, and sure. I feel like 2020, 2020 was the year to wake us up. And there's been people that will tell me, oh, it was the worst year ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. But then I have other people that built businesses in 2020 yes. that actually launched their business. That's right. I bought a house in 2020. There so I'm just go. like, okay, your, your year and my year were completely yeah. different. Well, again, I think that goes back to mindset, right? I mean, I launched mm-hmm. the podcast in 2020. There has been a lot of amazing things that have come out of it. Yes, of course, there's been horrible, sad things that have happened and lots yeah. of loss. And I'm not taken away from any of it. I would never, never, ever do that because I, I suffered personal loss. My grandmother passed due to COVID. So I know that there's loss, mm-hmm. but you have to, you have to, you absolutely have to for your own sanity and peace of mind look at the other side of things find the silver linings because you can end up down a very dark deep rabbit hole if you don't well do you you become that victim and if the day that you it's almost like i always say to people like the day that you sign your soul over to being a victim and that's all you know is being the victim you just signed it over and that is now your new thing you are just the victim in life Oh my God, it's just like, I just want to hug you and just say, I'm so sorry because your life is not going to be the way that you want it to be. And, you know, it was funny, like, I'll tell you this real quick. So my karmic one time he was, you know, 2020 was a really bad year. He did lose his father and I really felt bad about that, but it was like every time though, here's the key thing he kept on saying, and I tried to tell him to stop saying it, but he kept on saying it, you know, throughout the whole year, he says, how does this year get any worse? And I said, Oh, that's some dangerous words there, boy. And I said, "Um, you know, the universe, you know, only says yes to you. So I told him, I said, be careful, because you're asking the universe how it can get worse. And it's going to show you how it can get worse. Oh, it got it. It got worse for him. And then at the end of the year, he got in a car accident. And he said, this is the shittiest year ever. And I, at that time, it was just like, oh, this is really not the time to tell him. But I said, you need to change what you're saying. Stop saying yeah. how it's going to get worse because you just got in a car accident. Yeah, like, it's almost right. like you asked for it. Yeah. You kind of did. So that's like with me, when, when I when I take my morning walks, I'm doing my my, uh, my I am affirmations. There's no one on the street. So I'm just like the person just, you know, saying all my I am like, yeah. you know, I'm all by myself in nature. So anyways, I'm doing my I am, uh, I am and stuff. And then I basically will, you know, ask out, how did today get any better than this? <laughs> there you and then, go. I, then I just wait. Then mm-hmm. I just wait and see how today can get any better. If nothing happens, nothing happens. I'm alive and I'm, you know, healthy and That's doing right. my things. But if not, God or the universe is going to give me something amazing. And it's going to show me that it got amazing. There it's all go. in our our mindset and sure. how we verbalize it too. Because yep. the power is in the tongue, in the mouth. Absolutely. Doris, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? It's kind of a joke. I always say a million dollars, a piece of chocolate and a hug. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But but seriously, it's just knowing my purpose and being excited. And like I just said, how does today get any better than that? Beautiful. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Being authentic. Plain and simple. I love it. Okay, we're going to jump into mm-hmm. a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions would be one, two, three word answer type things. Okay. Got it. Let's do it. How would you describe yourself in one word? 
Oh, one word. I'm, I'm going to cheat on this and say consistent or loved. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their actions. Money or fame? Both. Early bird <laughs> or night owl? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I woke up at four, so I would have to say I mean I'm the happiest when I wake up early, but I can be a night owl if needed. Okay. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Overly passionate. And then it would also say if you're not loyal and you don't have your blank, well, let's say your fucking priorities in check, then you will be removed. Okay. If you could teach the world (laughs) one thing, what would it be? Everything you need is already inside. That's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could say, like we were talking earlier, you could say time and health, but I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm already complete in a way. I feel like, I feel like I don't, I don't need anything. Okay. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Nobody in this world would ever say, I hope, I wish, or maybe one day those (laughs) words of lack would be removed from the vocabulary. Love it. What's your favorite stress reducing activity? Fitness, obviously, taking those numerous walks every day and prayer meditation. Entrepreneur life is? Everything. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? The last book was The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by uh, Debbie Ford. And podcast was Wines to Fine with Sandy and Michelle. Love those ladies. Awesome. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is your personal motto, Doris? Every step back is a setup for the glamour in life. <laughs> if you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? You know, I love this question because I've been manifesting it. So many people that are within like my little tribe, they know I, I speak about this all the time, about this billboard that I'm going to be on. And it was funny when I went to go see my last photographer, I said, can't wait for the billboard. He's like, oh, when are we shooting it? I don't know. <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to be on a billboard. I just don't know which billboard it's going to be yet. <laughs> but now if you're asking me, let's let's go deep into manifesting sure. this now. I would have to say this is kind of the Scorpio side of me. So this is kind of like the, the little darker side of me. But if I had to have a billboard, it would be somewhere probably in the San Francisco Bay Area for sure. Because okay. I would want all of the people like my karmic and people that didn't believe in me be forced when they're commuting to work to see me every morning on this billboard. And it, it would probably be something on speaking engagement or something. And it's just the fact where, you know, people are going to doubt your ability or who you are. But, you know, the amazing thing about it is if you have to drive to the job that you don't like, but to see me on a billboard, that means I did something right. There you go. Beautiful. What would mm-hmm. you say is one of your biggest failures or life lessons or teachable moments, if we should call them? And what did you learn from it? Oh my God, I've had so many. I, I don't even know. Well, biggest failure, trusting people, I think. Yeah. I think that for me has been something that I've had to learn. Like when we were talking earlier about what I noticed about people, it's actions now. Because there's so many times like individuals that like have narcissistic tendencies, they have a, a tendency to do feature faking. So I'm not saying everybody in the world is a narcissist, but I'm just saying there are certain individuals that I have met aka my karmic that had that tendency more than anybody else in future faking is the worst because future faking is one of those things where they keep you string they keep stringing you along Mm -hmm. thinking that you have something that you're you know going for but then it never happens like seven years we talked about going to alcatraz in san francisco and we never did so it's just that future faking where they keep you because they know you want to go there you know to experience it but then they never they never make the action to really do it. They just keep you like, you know, like a carrot on a stick, right? Yeah. So yeah. for me, my biggest failure was trusting people. So now I've looked at people for face value. If you say like, for example, if we're going to go to Alcatraz, we're going to make the, we're going to make the appointment. We're going to book it. We're going to go. If yeah. we're not, then yeah. we're not. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. don't say it. black and white now. Yeah. It's black and white for me now. So if your actions don't match your words, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't yeah. have time for you. Goodbye. Yeah. What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? Daily Harvest. I should be their spokesperson. Maybe I'll be on the billboard for that. There you but go. 
I, you know, I'm not a big foodie whatsoever. I mean, I did like a five day fasting last year, which was, I highly recommend fasting or everything, because I think that's a mindset. If you can fast for five days, then really food doesn't, it's not a priority to you anymore, mm-hmm. where it's like, you don't feel the urge to keep on eating and eating and eating, but that's a whole different subject. But the point being is that daily harvest has been something I've done because I've gone much more plant-based on my diet now. I've cut all meat out. And so I've done a lot, you know, I've already, I've already altered a lot of it previous to daily harvest. It's just been the anchor now. It's just been the support now to making it so much easier for me because what they have in their like little harvest bowls and stuff. I mean, for anybody to create that, I mean, for me, I'm not going to be able to create that, but now I'm able to eat all of those veggies and stay on track with the numbers and the carbs and stuff. Cause with diabetes, it's about the carbs for me and, you know, stuff like that. So, so yeah, I would have to say that because I'm investing in myself and my body and my health. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Okay. I love this because I, if I were you, interviewing me i would have asked if you could take diabetes back would you have taken it back okay there you go answer that question and the answer is no because it's naming the person i needed to be and it has given me my purpose because i believe and this is deep Mm -hmm. but i believe i'm a diabetic because one we don't have diabetes community does not have a spokesperson because after mary tyler moore that did a lot of work with um jdrf she passed away. Who do we have as the face of diabetes? We don't have anybody. I am manifesting that I will become that face for diabetes, that I will bring hope to the two communities and to those that struggle with it day in and day out, that there is glamour to this. There is hope. And together we can get off of the insulin and thrive again and get our bodies back into harmony and balance. That's a beautiful mission. That's amazing. And I have no doubt you will accomplish it. I don't doubt it for a second. Oh, yeah, and then maybe that, maybe the billboard, maybe we'll have two different billboards now, one for speaking and one for diabetes. <laughs> <There> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I love it. Let's manifest them all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the most common reason for people failing or giving up? I think it's, it has a lot to do with like failure success because if you, if you succeed, you don't feel like maybe you're going to be able to continue doing that. Or it's, you know, it's also could be laziness too. Like if you get a headache, what do you do? You take an aspirin. You don't sit there going, why did I get the headache? Maybe I'm dehydrated. Maybe I ate something. Maybe I had too much caffeine. You know, it's like people don't want to think they yeah. don't want to use their minds. So yeah. they basically just do instant gratification. And lastly, I think, why people, you know, fell and give up is conformity. Yeah. I mean, Earl Nightingale, I have, you, you heard Ni- Earl Nightingale, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how he talks about like, that's the worst thing. Like, you know, when people do the conformity thing, it's game over. And it's just like, we cannot conform. We have to have our own beliefs, our own mindset. And we have to come with a, with a heart of gold. I mean, you don't, you don't come with anger you speak yeah. your mind, you, you, you respect everybody else's thoughts. If they don't take what you, you say, you just walk away. You just know that you spoke your mind and yeah. you just, you know, you, you don't force piece. it on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't force anything like anything that I've said today. If someone's interested, they can come and reach out to me. Great. But I'm not going to force it. I don't yeah. force things onto people, especially like eating habits, because that's something you can't like if somebody loves something you can't take that cake away from them like they're going to keep that cake like it's one of the things where they have to have their tower moment for them to make the change which is sad that we have to have these tower moments to change but it is what it is yeah that's how it happens though Mm -hmm. who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why like I said, it's kind of full circle. The whole interview here is my grandfather. Yeah. He was my mentor. He was my light. I, right before, I'm going to cry, but right before he passed away, I told him that I wanted to be just like him and I would accomplish everything that he has done. And I have done everything. He's been in newspapers, magazines. He had a documentary. I had a documentary done on me too for some medical thing. And the only thing I've not accomplished that he accomplished, and he was a speaker too. It was kind of crazy too. Uh, but but the thing the thing is he was on KQED. And I've been trying to get onto that station. That's the only station that I have not been able to get on just yet, but I will. Yeah. But that's, I've done everything in his footsteps. 
And I will say this about him. He was the most patient, loving man. You don't ever cross them. If you cross them, oh my God, he was Irish, just like me. So you don't cross <laughs> someone that's Irish. Yeah. But the thing about him is he had so much belief in God and the universe that that's why he was so patient. And he just let everything just run its course because he had blind trust because he knew he was always being guided. And that's where I'm at now. So I feel like I am really following in his footsteps. I, I really am. It. And you will, you will get on that station. I have no doubt. You will. I've had connections, but you know what? It's all divine timing because That's right. years ago, it probably wasn't the right time for me to be there on that. So, yeah. it, it, so it's always funny. Like we think, why am I not on that station yet? Because God is working on something and it's going to happen, but on his time when, you, when he believes you're ready for that. For sure. For sure. Doris, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? To embrace the diabetes when you felt it was happening, when you felt your body was at disease, disease, to embrace it, get the lab work done, and don't run from it. I would have told my younger self, when that day comes, do not be scared. Mm-hmm. embrace it because God is setting you up for something so amazing. You have a bigger purpose. Get the lab work done and shine. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? I'm going to cry on this one because it's emotional, but last 30 seconds, I would say throughout it all, I am so happy and grateful. I was always authentic. And if this is my time, then I'm ready to go home to my father, the Lord and savior. And when I'm reincarnated in my next life, Look for a black cat named Cleo. <laughs> awesome. Doris, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and share your journey and your story with us and your struggles and your triumphs and your successes. And this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. It's been such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. And I thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time and welcome to the Empowerography community. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I'm blessed for this opportunity and talking about divine timing. I mean, we've had three opportunities. Today's like the third time we rescheduled, but see divine timing. It happened when it needed to happen of all days, my father's birthday. There you go. (laughs) It was meant to be. That's awesome. Again, thank you so very much. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show, Doris. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. You have a blessed day. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Doris Hobbs. She is a PR media specialist, a diabetes advocate, and a model. Thank you again, Doris. I wish you the most amazing day ahead. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.